Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 6, Episode 3, Descent. Jonas's first mission? Is it real? Is it though? Because, like, Tilk says that, but at the end of Episode 2, they show him going through the gate with, uh, with all of SG-1, so... They could have just been giving him a tour, though, of some place. Is it considered a mission just when you go through the gate? I mean, maybe. I mean, he came in, like, with the helmet and all the gear. So I don't know why he would need a helmet if it was just, like, they were going to, like, meet the Tok'ra or something. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's his first mission. mission. Okay. I don't think it is. I think somebody forgot what happened at the very end of episode two. Okay. I think. I don't know. They didn't share with the writers the very last shot of the other episode. Yeah. Rob, Rob forgot to tell Joe and Paul what happened. Oops. Yeah. I still need to go back and watch the shots that you said. Oh, the very yes. ending shot is the same as the other one. I need to do that. I, uh, I need to do that, too. I haven't had time yet okay. to go do that. That would be our goal. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, shall we get into this one then? Let's do. Okay, so this originally aired on June 21st, 2002. It was written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully and directed by Peter DeLuise. And on the commentary, we have Peter DeLuise, Peter West, the director of photography, and da 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 Gary Jones! What? A.K.A. Walter Norman Davis Harriman, technician guy, whatever his name is, which again, they get into a very deep discussion of who knows what the hell this guy's name is at this point. We, <laughs> nobody knows. We don't know. <laughs> People Maybe call him things, his name tag says something, in the script he's just technician, which that was that's something that's been brought up, I think, in a couple commentaries. I don't know if I mentioned it, but, like, in the script it just says, like, technician, and, like, you know, they have a couple people that rotate through that role, so it's just, like, whoever's available to be the technician that day gets to be in that episode. Who's on the guy? Oh, that's funny. Who's on the call list for that week, so, yeah. So, like, yeah, like, the, like the script doesn't say, like, Master Sergeant... Norman Davis or whatever. It just says technician. That's so funny. Just get whoever. So they have like a like a call tree of like who's available today to be technician. Yep. I guess. Yeah. Huh. All right. Yay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in this episode, SG-1 investigates an abandoned Gould ship orbiting Earth. While they try to salvage this the ship, saboteurs attack and the vessel plummets to Earth deep into the ocean with everyone trapped inside and time running out. <gasps> Man, it sounds way more intense than the episode actually made it. I mean. know. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this episode actually opens with the previously on regarding the events of Revelations at the end of season five and everything that happened with Thor and Anubis on that ship and the brain download and blah, blah, blah. So, gee, I wonder what's going to be going on in this episode. What? Okay, so question though, before we get started, because okay. you know we watched it and we know what happened at the end of the other episode where they actually mentioned, oh, they were able to take the device out of uh, Thor's brain, but he lapsed into a coma. Did you have any sort of like sci-fi tick go off on your brain of like, hmm, that's interesting that his consciousness could be elsewhere. No, I'm going to be honest. Nope, no, not even, not. not even a little nope. bit. Nope. Yeah. Because it's with a bad guy. There's a bad thing's going to happen to it. And, you know, 
Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of wrote that off as that's done. Yeah. He's done it in a coma and bye bye Thor. Kind of, yeah. So. I knew there had to be more to it. Okay, well, you're just smarter than me, I guess. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a weirder sci-fi brain. <laughs> Possibly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So we then open the episode proper with SG-1 and Jacob in a cargo ship flying through space. And Jonas is appropriately odd because it's his first time in space. He's so excited about it. He's so cute. And also on board are Major Davis and another SGC member. And there is a gold mothership they're going to check out because it's just sort of floating out in space in stable orbit. There's like no life signs. The escape pods have all been jettisoned. There's no like EM being emitted. So there's like no power running to anything. But like, well, it's not there's no power, but there's no like, I guess, active power, if you will. Because they say like there's still power and life support is functioning, but like nothing's being used, I guess, on the ship. Like there's no indications that there are live people still on the ship right and sam thinks this might be the ship that anubis used to kidnap thor and it's very strange that the gould would seem to abandon a perfectly good ship because there's no exterior signs of any kind of battle or anything like being damaged on the ship so why is this here it's i wondered how she would be able to tell it's that ship And they all look the same. Yeah, that was a little like <laughs> just by like, oh, the city. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But TV. Yes. Um, but we cut to the opening credits, which on the DVD are another new version of the credits, which I think takes us through the rest of season six. It's the version where there's like the spinny gate in the corner, and then like the sort of flashes of scenes of all of the cast. It was like that for Amazon too. Okay, cool. We finally have the same credits. Yay. Yay. Okay, so we come back from the opening credits, and it turns out that the ship is actually in orbit around Earth, not like another planet. Because that that wasn't really clear in that sort of like cold open. It was just like, it's in a stable orbit. Okay, around what? Where? Who and the where and the what now? But it's in orbit around Earth. And so Jacob recommends using the rings to get aboard the ship rather than flying into the cargo bay because they, you know really have no idea what's going on over there. So Jack tells Tilk to radio to Hammond that they'll get back to him in a couple hours after they've checked everything else. And also he and Jonas are going to stay on board while everybody else heads over to the mothership. Jonas tries to be like, what do you mean I can't go with you? And Jack's like, it's an order. You have to obey it. Ha ha ha. That's how the military works. Uh, yeah. One of those yeah. grumpy, like, yep. fine. Yep. So they get over to the mothership and there's some kind of like noise thing happening over the intercom, but it's it's really garbled and just like staticky and it's impossible to tell like what this actually is that they're hearing when they're over there. Right. We get Tilk then radioing to Hammond that the ship is abandoned, but Jack is checking it out with everybody else and Hammond's like, it's great news. We've all been holding our breath in anticipation. So it's like, that's not a good thing to do. Ha ha. So Jack and everybody make it up to the Peltac and Jacob starts poking around in the computer. And before the ship was abandoned, the self-destruct was activated, but it's now like stuck, which is strange because if something or somebody deactivated the self-destruct, it would like completely turn it off, not just pause it partway through the sequence. So that's weird. 
And so Jack orders Sam and Davis to head down to the like computer core to see if they can completely disable the self-destruct so that it doesn't just start up again while they're over there and then like blow up in two seconds. Which would not be good. Yeah. Fun fact, apparently in, um, so Colin Cunningham, who plays Major Davis, had a website. Um, it's since been taken down because I tried to follow the link, but it didn't work. But he apparently like wrote a sort of like on-set diary type post to his website about filming this. And oh. he mentioned that he had, had an idea that he wanted to play this whole episode. Like he had a huge crush on Major Carter. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently Peter was like, no. No. So that Been there, done that. We've had, we've had other people have crushes on Carter before. Yes. So, yeah, no. Once Sam and Davis and all of them leave, Jacob brings up his concerns about salvaging the ship since, you know, it belonged to Anubis. And Jack's like, don't worry, we're going to thoroughly check everything out before we just, like, slap the Air Force sticker on the side of it. But with regard to what their standing orders at the SGC are, a Gould mothership would be a very good thing to have in their, like, back pocket. Which I find these conversations very interesting. We've touched on this before, but, like, Mm -hmm. Jacob is so much more Tok'ra-oriented than... Like, Earth, yay, we have technology-oriented, that these conversations are just really interesting. Yes. Like, his comment at the end about, like, I'm afraid you're going to blow up my favorite planet. And Jack's like, and which one is that now? Like, Mm -hmm. mm, Like, because we don't know. Because we don't know. So anyway, so, you know, yes, having a gold mothership would be a good thing. And Jacob's like, you should find out why it's, like, here, like, in in Earth's orbit, because, again... Very weird. And like, yeah, of course, obviously we're going to check all the things we should check. And Jacob then mentions that the other thing the Gould would do if the self-destruct didn't work or was stopped, paused, whatever, would be to sabotage the hyperdrive. So Jack takes Friesen, who's that other SGC guy, to go check that out. And Jacob is going to sort of just like keep poking around on the computer and see if he can figure out like what's going on and what happened here. We see Sam and Major Davis heading towards the computer core, but one of the doors won't open. So Sam radios to Jacob, who pulls up the schematics and sees that that whole area of the ship is actually sealed off and life support was shut down. But he's going to try and get it back up and running. I'm going to be honest. My first thought here was not fucking replicators again. Yes. (laughs) Did you think that too? Did they pop into your head? Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Dr. Friesen then mentions to Jack that he wants to check out the shield generators and Jack radios to Jacob for like some directions and says that the engines apparently checked out just fine. So why does Friesen want to go check out the shield generators? And he's like, to see them? Because like this is like Anubis's super awesome ship that crushed like Thor's ship. I want to see the cool stuff. And Jack's like, okay, never mind. And just, you know, walks off because Jack does not have time for that kind of stuff. I know, but at the same time, like, that's legit. Yes, I'd be with Dr. Friesen. I'd be like, yeah. They have the cool things. They have cool things. I want to go see the cool things. Can we please see the cool things? And Jack's like, nope. So Sam and Major Davis get through the first door, and as they sort of continue down the hall and get to the next door, there's definitely damage from some kind of firefight there, like the scorch marks and everything from staff weapons, and that door won't open either. And according to Jacob, it looks like the circuits were actually fused and he can't get it open. So this is starting to look like there's been some kind of deliberate sabotage of some sort that's been happening here. Um, Jack has heard this whole conversation, so he heads to where Sam and Major Davis are so he can just blow the door open with C4. Because if you can't open it, just make it go boom. Yep. And so he tells Dr. Friesen to head back to the Peltac. 
But as soon as Jack is out of sight, he kind of just keeps going towards the shield generator because obviously why not do that? Which nothing good ever comes out of doing that. (laughs) No, that's how you know already there's going to be some mischief. Yes. So Jack gets there, gets the door blown open and oh my God, that was so loud. Like, Yes, it's a big explosion, Major Davis. Those are usually loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Um, so they get in, and there's just like, there's lots of cool stuff to see. It's very neat. It's, you know, the, the core of a Gould mothership. Like, I don't think we've ever seen this before. And it is, it's pretty cool. Like, the CG that they did on that thing is like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lights impressive. and shiny things and all sorts yeah. of fun stuff. Yep. So Friesen has found his way toward the shield generator, and he suddenly hears like, footsteps or something he's like jack is that you and he kind of like starts to wander around a little bit turns a corner it's not jack it's like ninja jaffa like they have like swords and stuff like ninjas yeah like okay this is not what i was expecting nope uh back on the cargo ship jonas jonas is bored because he's just sitting on a cargo ship doing nothing so he starts eating a banana because why not and there's a. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't comforted by the fact that Teal was also made to stay. You know, I'm like, yeah. well, okay, at least I'm not yeah. the only one that's stuck here. Yeah. And there is a, a brief discussion in the commentary about Jonas and his food stuff that happens at the beginning of season six, because apparently at some point later there's like a very important conversation that happens in the briefing room, but Jonas is too busy trying to like peel an orange to be paying attention to the super important thing that they're talking about. So somebody higher up was like, no more food unless it is scripted and a plot point. Nobody gets food. <laughs> Just That's like, funny. you know, was not a thing, but at this point they're embracing the banana. Cause why not? So, so, it, okay. So was that like writers putting that in the script or was no. that just Corin being like food? That was Corin being like, Earth stuff. I'm an alien. What's cool about Earth? Food. Banana. Banana. I kind of think it was like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven, where he's just like always eating. Yeah. 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 I do. I like, I feel like it's going to be a running thing of every time, at least once an episode, Jonas is going to be like, oh, first time doing this. And like, he's all like happy. And I'm okay with that being a running thing but yeah i food. think it i think that's only through this episode really oh i think well i mean yeah. we'll keep an eye on it but i don't think it, it extends beyond this episode with the no. few little things here yeah. first, first time doing this because i yeah. like that it is it is cute yeah yeah but yeah i mean it's possible it is and i'm just not remembering because again i don't remember much of season six yeah. very much but anyway lost season of jonas <laughs> <laughs> um so like Jonas is kind of complaining about like being stuck on the ship and Tilk tries to assure Jonas it's probably just going to take some time for Jack to like feel comfortable with Jonas's abilities like on a mission like this it is his first mission again is it <laughs> and Jonas mentions that he heard a rumor that the only reason he's on SG-1 is so that Jack doesn't have to deal with a Russian team member it's like um, maybe, sort of. kind of, but Tilk's like, I don't really listen to rumors, and Jonas is then kind of makes a joke about, like, you know, the aliens sticking together, and Tilk's like, do you mean a conspiracy? Jonas's like, no, I, no, oh, yeah. it, it's a joke, Tilk was, Tilk, was, Tilk was joking, that was, that was a Tilk joke, right? Yeah. Tilk, yeah. Tilk, is, Tilk is joking, right? Mm, yeah, no. maybe. <laughs> 
So back on the mothership, Sam confirms that this is the ship that Thor was on, which now that Sam thinks about it, that might explain some of the weird stuff that's going on. So as we all know, it's because we saw in the previously on, Anubis downloaded Thor's consciousness into the ship's computer. Perhaps that consciousness was stronger than Anubis suspected and could have like wreaked havoc on a ship, leaving something like a virus behind Major Davis posits then sent it to Earth for them to find is like, here, have a gold mothership. Happy birthday, Earth, or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it might seem kind of far-fetched, but it's really the only thing that makes sense with all of this stuff that's going on here. So Sam then calls over the radio for Dr. Friesen to join them, but gets no response. So Jack's like, dude, hello? Yeah, still no answer. Jacob hasn't seen him either. So Jack's like, I know where he went. I'll go get him. Obviously, Jack knows what he did. Yep. And then we get that, like, staticky, blurby noise again over the intercom. And Davis points out that it sounds like words. So Sam's like, all right, well, let's see if we can figure out what that is. Because they really can't do anything else right now. Yeah. Jack then finds Dr. Friesen lying in the hallway. He orders Sam and Davis to head back to the Peltac because Dr. Friesen is dead. No! But we totally saw Mm. that coming. Yep. He calls to Jacob over the radio, and before Jacob can respond, he is shot in the back by the ninja Jaffa. One of them starts then poking around at the computer, and we see Jack then start heading back to the Peltec, and he runs into Sam and Major Davis on the way. Here's the interesting thing in the commentary. Major Davis's part in the script was not Major Davis. It was supposed to be just another random scientist, but Colin somehow got a hold of the script and called Brad Wright and was like, hey, why don't you make that me? And so they made it him. <laughs> and, oh, that's awesome that he had enough clout to be like, hey, I want to be there. Hey, can I do this? This and should be like, me. they were like, okay, why not? like, okay. So, yeah, that's why we have Major Davis here. <laughs> he was like, the sci-fi channel hasn't seen my pretty face yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah. So everybody gets back to the Peltec, and we see Jacob lying on the floor. Sam and Davis rush over to help him up, but, like, he'll be okay. Like, he was just kind of, like, hit in the shoulder. Like, he'll be fine. Davis then kind of notices something outside the window that's apparently very not good, and Sam gets up, starts parking on the computer. And, well, the bad thing is that the ship is dropping out of orbit and is going to crash into Earth somewhere. Not good. Jack calls to Tilk, who has also noticed that the ship is heading towards Earth's atmosphere, and they're going to have to get, like, ringed out of there. So Tilk starts to get the ship closer, and the rings on the cargo ship activate. But it's not SG-1. It's the ninjas. (gasps) What? One of them manages to blast the, like, the ring transporter control panel. Tilk, though, manages to, like, get Jonas out of the way. That's all the Jaffa takes care of them, and Jonas kind of does nothing, unfortunately. Yeah. Not, not kind of actually does nothing. He just kind of hides behind, and then when it's all done, he's like, I'm in. Oh, it's done. Oh, oh, you, you got this? Okay. It's done. It's over. Oh, okay. Mm. So the mothership is going in. It should hit in the ocean, sort of southwest of Alaska. Jacob tells Sam to raise the shields and set the inertial dampeners to max. As Peter notes in the commentary, all good sci fi has shields and inertial dampeners. Yes. To maximum. Yep. And that should at least help keep the ship in one piece as it crashes into the ocean. Jack radios to Tilk that they're headed to the ring room, and there's no immediate response. And Jack's like, Tilk, come here, hello, Tilk. 
And so Tukhan finally gets back and tells them about the Jaffa that had ringed over. They're all fine, but the ring controls are damaged. They can't actually receive anything. So, and there's also not enough time for the cargo ship to dock on board the mothership to pick them up. So everybody's going down the ship. Yeah. Not good. Yes. Back at the SGC, Hammond is on the phone with the president because the ship has crashed off screen. And the official cover story is a meteor strike. They haven't heard from the Chinese yet, but probably will soon, no doubt. And Hammond will also be calling Colonel Chekhov shortly to, you know, fill the Russians in on what's going on. It has to do with the gate, and that's what he has to do now, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Uh, I can just imagine that conversation, too, of like, so... There is a mothership, and uh, <laughs> the adventure of the week. So this happened. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tilk and Jonas are back at the SGC, and Hammond tells them that the ship appears to have survived in one piece, and they are currently operating under the assumption that everyone is alive. A rescue vehicle is on its way from Pearl Harbor, but they don't know how they're going to get into the ship. Tilk then mentions that the escape pods are in pressurized tubes, so that might be a way in. And Hammond's like, great, we'll go with that. Jonas then requests permission for him and Tilk to join the rescue. And yes, of course, there's a plane waiting for them. Yep. Yay. So we see Tilk and Jonas heading off, and Jonas laments his ineptitude at fighting off the Jaffa on the ship, and how useless he was during the accident on Kelowna, and blah, and he's like, I'm useless. I'm sad about being useless. Yeah. And Tilk reminds him that he was the one that figured out how to save the planet from the exploding Stargate, like, last week, and like, yes, that's, but that was all, like, mental stuff with time to think and figure out a solution, but, like, when there's a problem right here and now, I don't know what to do. And Tilk assures him that there will be plenty of battles for him to prove himself. I like that his struggle is not like, oh, I want to be the hero of the day. But it's like, I want I want to be my first instinct is knowing how to help people. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like yeah. that very much. Yes. Um, fun fact in the commentary here. You may, I don't know if you noticed, but Tilk's like forehead symbol was backwards in this scene. I did not notice. Okay. Well, did they reversed the footage? They did because Tilk and Jonas, or well, Corin and Chris are sitting in the same seat in the same vehicle. Oh. It's just, it would save time and money not having to like move the camera and relight for like each side of the car. So they just like left the camera where it was and like the lighting where it was and everything and filmed each of their things separately and just flipped Christopher Judge's footage because he's like, bald so there's no hairline or part to deal with and doesn't like having like moles on his face or anything that might indicate that the footage was flipped he does have the symbol but it's kind of like you got to look really closely to figure that out so yeah I did not notice okay excellent trick I I mean I was like okay that's clever I get Mm -hmm. it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so everybody's just kind of hanging out on the mothership as it sits in the bottom of the ocean and Jacob explains to Jack that the Ninja Jaffa were likely in a very deep state of Kelnarim that sold their heart rates low enough to not be detectable. And like when he opened that door for Sam and Major Davis, that's probably how they got out. And it is likely that they were the only ones that were on board this ship. Uh, Sam and Major Davis come back and they've got the life support operating at 50%. They cannot fix the engines. Those are dead. And there is some structural damage to some of the lower levels. And the pressure down there is pretty severe, so it wouldn't take much for the hull to be breached. So, oops. 
things are like okay but not great right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also like the self-destruct is still stuck and Sam doesn't think that they should try shutting it down again because of that like virus thing that they're operating under the assumption that Thor left behind in the computer. Like it might be have been trying to defend itself against those. As I realized here, as I should have been calling them, the ninja faws. <gasps> ninja faws. Instead of ninja jaffa, ninja fa. I like it. Yeah. So she's going to head back to the computer core with Jack to try and see if they can, if she can figure out like what's going on with everything. And we get a quick jump back to the SGC where everybody's informed that the rescue vehicle is in the water and on the way to the mothership. So great. Okay. Sam and Jack reach a closed door and there's a small puddle of water on the floor and that that's not good. Nope, and not good at all. No. According to Jacob, there is a hull breach down in engineering, which is nowhere near where they are, but the pressure is sort of forcing the water up through like the central core of the ship. So they're kind of like flooding from the inside out, which that's fun. No, great. no, not fun. Um, so they start to head back to where, you know, like the Peltec, but then the door that's behind them closes as security measures kick in to sort of close off flooded sections from non-flooded sections, which, yes, that's how that should work. Mm-hmm. And Jacob tries to get it open from his end, but it's going to take some time. And we then see some, like, more hallways flooding. And in the commentary, they talk about how this was done where, so the set, you know, it's a set, it's built in, like, wood and drywall and all of that stuff so they rebuilt one small section of the hallway in plastic and then just like lowered it into a very large pool oh really that's how that worked yep oh fun okay Mm -hmm. yep we then have a quick shot of the rescue vehicle approaching and getting a visual on the mothership and sam's trying to open the door from their end where they are but it's not working Jacob can't get it open either. The water is now up to their waist, and Jack's looking at some major shrinkage here. Uh, ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. But also not funny because that small compartment is filling up very quickly. Did you think that throughout this whole sequence that Jacob was just way too like? Eh. I mean, if my daughter was drowning, I would have. I mean, I know he's like military and calm under pressure and all that stuff, but like he just seemed like, that's fine. I would have been mildly hysterical trying to get something open or something like I would have been reacting more like Major Davis. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know if like Selmax in there doing stuff too and, you know, affecting his reaction to things slightly. I don't know. I know he was injured, but still like, yeah, so just. I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can open it. No, that's not going to work. Like, I think maybe it's also him trying to keep them calm. Because, like, if he's not panicking, it's going to be fine. They'll figure it out. Because people panicking is not going to help anybody in this situation. So I could see him sort of having that look at it. Mm, Where, like, I just need to keep calm so they stay calm. No. 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 Okay. Not buying it. Okay. <laughs> so then we cut back, uh, or no, so rescue vehicles getting ready to dock. So it's there, ready to head in. Uh, Jack then requests that the next time they crash, they crash, that the next time they crash into the ocean, they crash it in like the tropical ocean. And Sam's like, well, at this depth, all of water is this cold. So it doesn't really matter. He's like, oh, shallower water then? 
or maybe we just don't crash at all. Like, we just not crash a mothership. That would be great because this is the like second, third mothership they've crashed that they were, yep. that, you know. <sighs> Can we just keep a mothership for longer than like five minutes? That would be great. <laughs> Major Davis suggests blowing the door, and Jacob's like, no, like the repercussion of that would like kill them because the space is so small. And he's like, we have to do something. And Jacob's like, what do you think I'm doing? So here we do get, I think. Here we do get the, I'm trying, I'm, we do get, I think, what you were looking for in that scene earlier. I yeah, think we get it here. I still think not enough. I still think he should have been more Major Davis-y. Okay. Like, my baby girl is drowning. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the compartment that Sam and Jack are in, like, fully floods. Jacob, he can't do it. Nothing's working. He can't get them out. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. And... I for me here and Peter mentioned it in the commentary. I think Carmen's acting here is great because he's basically like like listening to his daughter die, and it's like and he can't do anything about it. And I don't know. I bought it. Okay. I bought it, but then it's just me. I don't know. Okay. Okay. You go ahead and enjoy his performance. I will because okay. he's lovely. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> there's then a sort of like beeping noise from something like the computer something somewhere the security protocols have been erased and we see the door like open and water starts flowing out and like the water gets lowered enough and like jack and sam can breathe again and jacob calls but they they can't answer yet because like you know they stripped off all their heavy gear so that's sort of like at the bottom of the little room they were in so they can't reach it yet but Tilk and Jonas are there and they call over the radio and Jacob directs Tilk to where Jack and Sam are. Then Sam finally gets to a radio, calls back to let Jacob know that they're okay. And like, oh, thank God. Yay. Fantastic. And apparently <laughs> Carmen had not expected Colin to clamp onto his shoulder quite that hard. So oh, really? Jacob's reaction was Carmen going, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, and Sam's like, thanks for whatever you did. And he's like, I didn't do anything. They just, the security protocols erased themselves. And Sam's like, how could that happen? Jack's like, does it matter? No, let's go. Like, does it matter how or why? No, let's just, let's go and get out of here. Yeah. So Jack and Sam run into Tilk and Jonas on the way back and is like, time to go. And Sam's like, ah, maybe not because there's something very strange yeah, going on. Maybe. And I need to know what it is. I would too. Uh, yes, I mean, yes, I would too. Yeah. Something hanky's going on. Yes. So back at the SGC, Sergeant Davis gives Hammond the update that the ship has docked and they found SG-1 but Dr. Friesen is dead and they're still staying on the ship, though, for some reason. They're not leaving yet, so, mm. okay. Mm-hmm. Back up on the Peltac, Major Davis is working on a laptop trying to clean up that, like, voice on the intercom and Sam thinks that maybe like the virus was the thing that erased security protocols and got them out. It may have sort of gained some sort of sentience and is like acting on its own. And Davis then manages to like, he's got it. He's cleared it up. And we hear Thor's voice say, I am using the internal communication system to synthesize my voice. And that's exactly the thing that Thor said to Jack and Tilk when they were all locked in prison together. So it's not that Thor left behind a virus. That is Thor. Like, Thor is still in this ship's computer, basically. Which is completely believable because we've had episodes like this before. Yes. 
where someone is trapped in a computer. Yes. And we know Anubis downloaded Thor into his ship's computer. Like we saw that in the previous episode. So it's, it's just, it's still there. So Sam's like, we need to get him out because, hey, if we can do that, we can give him back to the Asgard because, you know, current Thor is in a coma and probably going to die. And they can put the consciousness that's on the computer into a new body, which that would be really great. Yay! And then they're like, well, hang on a second. If, if this is the thing that's happening, then Thor is the one that's keeping the self-destruct from blowing up. And according to Tilk, they would have 17 minutes before the ship explodes, which how does he know that? He hasn't like looked at the computer or his readout or a screen or anything. How can he know there's 17 minutes left? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that's a very good question. And but Sam's like, that's plenty of time. That's great. 17 minutes. Totally fine. We got plenty of time to do that. And Davis is like, but yeah, blowing up a mothership, there's like, there's so much cool stuff. We wouldn't be able to salvage anything. And it's like, but then on the other hand, you have the supreme commander of the Asgard fleet that would owe you one. So, I, I mean, I'd go with the supreme commander of the Asgard fleet owing me one, kind of. Yep, that sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Jack orders Jonas to take Jacob and Major Davis back to the sub. And he tries to protest, but Jack's like, yeah, orders. And they're like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we get Sam, Jack, and Tilk heading back to the computer core, which I thought that was blocked off before, because isn't that where they're trying to go when they almost drowned? I'm, I'm a little confused <laughs> as to how they were able to get there this time when they couldn't get there five minutes ago. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they found another hallway. Well, was it all opened up with the security protocols over? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they just Maybe. found another way around. I don't know. I'm a little confused. Okay, then. I don't know. Um, Sam does some stuff with, like, you know, like, the little crystally things and pulls out, a, like, a drive that's full of, like, you know, the crystals that, cool that well, ancient tech runs on. And that's Thor. Got, got him. I don't. That is very much, you know, the hacker version of, like, I'm in. Like, yep. Yeah, he's, he's right here. He's all here. We got him. Like, how... Yeah. Do you possibly know that? I guess. Yeah. How do you possibly know that? Oh, mm-hmm. he's just, he's, he knew what we were doing. He's on the drive. Like, yep. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was, I have to say it. I'm sorry. That was really lame writing. <laughs> it's like, a bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a, if it's like a props thing and how things work, but like she moved like three or four things around and there he is. And look, here we go. Hey, but that's what it is. So that's where we are. Um, she should have at least had some sort of like computer console where she could check. Okay, I can. Yeah. I can see some sort of energy signature that isn't there. You know, like some sort of yes. mumbo jumbo to make it make sense. But yeah, like, pulling out a drive and being like, ta-da! <laughs> yeah, like some kind of like so this looks like Thor's EKG reading or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, the self-destruct countdown has now restarted. So, ta-da! Yes. So the others are making their way to, or no, sorry, Sam, Jack, and Tilk start making their way to the sub, but all of the doors are shut because all of the corridors are now flooded and there's no way out. So Jacob says he's going to head back to the Peltac to figure it out. And Jack's like, no, just go. We'll figure something out. And they kind of stand there for a minute. And Jack's like, well, I 
I got nothing because he doesn't know anything. And mm-hmm. then they're like, well, there's only one other way off of the level that they're on. It's the glider maze. And Jack's Yay. like, will that work? That, they, they don't we'll know. Find out. find out. So I guess that's the plan. So the others make it back to the sub and Jonas tells the one, like the sub tech that's there, which this is Peter's cameo. I actually caught this one because it was very hard to miss. Yes. The thing you can't see is that his name tag is Lieutenant Dagwood, which is his character from Sequest. Oh. It's like, oh. <laughs> Funny. My other show. I love that show so much. Anyway. So, but like Jonas tells him, like, we need to get this up as far away as possible, as quickly as possible. And Jacob then radios to Jack to check in. And he's like, yeah, we're going to try and just leave by glider. And Jacob's like, gliders don't work underwater? He's like, well, that's the only plan we got. So, okay. okay. So one of the things they're going to need to do is to activate, like, the force field to prevent the glider bay from flooding when they open the door. So Sam's like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to rewrite the power to make that happen. Jack then orders Jacob, like, again, get on the sub and get away. We'll be fine, you know, fingers crossed. Yep. So Jonas is like, hey, I can reroute the power from here. There's an auxiliary panel like around the corner. And he knows all this because he's a very quick study and he studied these schematics like a dozen times and then just basically runs off before Jacob can stop him. It's his hero moment. It is. And we see Sam working at the control panel and like there's there's plenty there's plenty of time. No pressure at all. It's all good, Sam. Just do what you need to do. It's fine. It's all fine. And then Jacob calls to let them know what Jonas is doing. And we see Jonas heading down the corridor. He stops outside a closed door where he proceeds to, like, sort of take off all of the heavy gear and, like, his shoes and things, holds onto the doorframe, punches in the code, which opens, and then starts flooding the room he's in, which, question, per, like, ten minutes ago, Flooded rooms are completely locked off and prevented from being opened to prevent further flooding of the ship. So how did Jonas get the door to open? Security protocols have been erased. Oh. No, but that was Thor that did that. And Thor is not there anymore. Well, erased, not halted. Like, like deleted them. Oh, like they're complete. Oh, okay. I had a different sort of interpretation, I guess. Yeah. Of that. Okay, so those security protocols just, like, don't exist anymore. Right, like, deleted, bye-bye. Oh, like, they weren't just bypassed. They were, like, right. gone. Oh. Okay, that, that makes sense. That makes more sense, and I'm okay. All right, then this works for me. Then that's that's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so we see the subs start to move away from the mothership, and down in the glider bay, they've got seven minutes to self-destruct. Again, plenty of time, but... Yeah. um. Zam can't get the power rerouted. Like, it's just, it's not working from that end. So, back with Jonas. He swims into the flooded room, gets to the control panel, starts rearranging the crystals, and then we cut down to the glider bay where we see, like, the power, like, comes up. Like, it works. Whatever Jonas did works. And so he then swims over to another control panel, punches in a code before swimming over to, like, the middle of the room. And it's a set of rings. This is great. He rings like another part of the ship that's not flooded. And it's just like, like, it's a really cool effect when the rings like then drop and it's just like Jonas and the whole bunch of water just like goes whoosh. whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <gasps> you know what I just realized now that I'm thinking about it? And it's mm-hmm. interesting thoughts, so I will share. It is a interesting father-daughter reaction. So I, in all of my, Jacob wasn't 
freaking out commentary he was like just kind of sitting there like calm and you could kind of have like a cerebral type of all going on in his head kind of thing that's mm-hmm. the same thing that sam was doing when she was trying to reroute the power she wasn't like i can't do it it's not working sir she was just like it's not i can't i get what she they almost kind of reacted the same way Hmm. i mean it could again it might just be the military training of like you know don't panic you know it, mm-hmm. it is what it is i don't know yeah but um okay my question for you whenever so this is something i do whenever there are like underwater scenes or scenes where people have to like hold their breath for something do you hold your breath along with that person and see if you could do what they do <laughs> if you can hold your breath that long because <laughs> i do <laughs> and it like it I, never works i don't but i always notice how like people that are filmed underwater doing stuff never have like holding your breath face like they never have the (gasps) they always just kind of like look like they're standing there yes but underwater yeah so especially when Jonas like took took out one of the pieces and put it in his mouth and was like swimming elsewhere I was like people don't do that when they're trying to hold their breath for like four minutes underwater yeah (laughs) Well, I did see, so my one sort of little fun fact, and they mentioned it in the commentary too, is that apparently Corrin used to be like a lifeguard. So he's just like got really good like lung control and like breath control and is just like an awesome swimmer. So he like just went in and like did this, like like over like minute long takes of him just submerged underwater with like no problems doing this like at all. Well done. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So we see Sam wait, wait, wait. Until, before well, you yeah. move on though. Okay. Yeah. Were you able to hold your breath that long? Did you practice with him? No, no I can't. Not no. even no, not even a little no. bit. Okay. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But like Peter mentioned in the commentary, Peter Tellis, he did the same thing on set and like he couldn't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Sam, Jack, and Tilk head into the glider bay when Jonas comes running up to them and I had a thought of like, were they not gonna wait for Jonas like what did they I guess did they think Jonas was just gonna head back to the sub but they told the sub to leave like because they, they didn't well, seem to be waiting for Jonas I, no they didn't but I I never got that they really knew where he was because Jacob was okay. just like oh he went to go help with the power or okay. you know, something like I don't I don't think he really described where Jonas went to okay yeah so it kind of seems like yeah. if Jonas hadn't run as fast as he did, he might have been left behind. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because like they would like Jacob would have thought he was there and they would have thought he was with Jacob or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Maybe they um, would have checked when they got to the ships of like everybody. Yeah. Where is everyone? Yeah. I get. Yeah. Hopefully. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, OK. So time to see if it worked and if like the force field is there. And then we get another quick shot of the sub moving away from the mothership very quickly. And we see then Sam and Tilk get into one glider with Jonas and Jack and another. And Jack does thank Jonas, just in case they don't survive this. And we get the outer doors to the glider bay opening. And it worked. Force field's there. It's holding. So it's time to go. The gliders take off. And it's a bit of a bumpy ride because they're flying through water, not just like space. But... They make it away as the mothership explodes. And it's kind of a really cool shot as you see the gliders like shooting out of the ocean and the big explosion behind them. And it's pretty cool. Yay. Yay. And Jacob and everyone in the sub are all good. Maybe a little seasick, but they're fine. And all members of SG-1 are present and accounted for. (gasps) 
Yay. And Jonas, you know, of course he's grinning because it's his first time in a glider. It's great. (laughs) So Jack, of course, has to. And Jack, you know, of course, has to do a little barrel roll to shake him up a little bit. Mm, And and then the end. Yay. Yay. Final fun fact. This episode also was nominated for a Gemini Award for Best Visual Effects. Wow. They're doing well lately. They did. They they spent a lot of money on the opening of like season six. They they mm-hmm. put the money in, I guess, mm-hmm. to get the new viewers in. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think that Jack is giving Jonas, or like had been giving Jonas, an unnecessarily hard time? A uh, little bit. Stay behind as much, yeah. A little bit, because like on Daniel's first, Daniel was just out there and doing the stuff like from the get go. So kind of doesn't really have the excuse of you're not a soldier because Daniel wasn't a soldier but he was there doing the stuff so right yeah yeah I think and like Tilk he was immediately there so it's not like an alien thing either so yeah I do think Jack was kind of I'm sure Jack has his reasons but I don't think those reasons are necessarily accurate to reality Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it It makes sense to kind of see what his strengths are and see where he fits. Like, sure, that's fine. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's why Jack was just like, you stay behind. I think yeah. he was just like, I mean, you're on the team, but you're not like on the team. Yeah. Kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Unnecessarily. So yeah. I think it is kind of sad that, that Jonas had to go to saving the entire team yeah. lengths to be like no, no no I deserve to be here yeah do you think Jonas got any kind of like boot camp kind of experience because this is a military based operation they're all expected to carry weapons because who knows what's out there do you think he got some kind of training at some point somehow somewhere from someone before his first mission whether it was this one or something else no. oh I mean, I hope so, considering the other episodes, the lengths they were going to for those yeah. those other trainees to even qualify to go off world. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I hope so, too. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, can you fire a gun? That would be good to know. Yeah, because they don't show how much time passes between deciding oh. he's on SG-1 and doing that that shot of them going off world. No, they don't. No. Although so I would we, hope so. Yeah. We do learn it had been three months since the end of season five and the beginning of season six. So maybe something happened in there, even if he was just supposed to be on base because we know base has been invaded before. So, so I don't hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know if they would have been like, hey, you're here. You should get training. Okay. Or if they're just like, we're just going to stuff you in Daniel's office because we don't know what else to do with you. <laughs> I mean, I can see both things. Yeah. But you guys let us know your thoughts. What do you What do you think Jonas's training was like? Was yep. there any training even? <laughs> How much, if any? Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, so the episode title, Descent. Uh, interestingly, Peter DeLuise mentioned in the commentary with, given what happened to Daniel at the end of season five and that he ascended, people thought this may have been a reference to Daniel's Descension and Daniel coming back to the show. Oh, <gasps> and nope. And no, that's that's not what happened. So. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a reference to the ship falling to the bottom of the ocean floor. Yeah. 
Um, we do have some fun foreign territory titles this week, finally. We do? Okay. We do. The Jonas's first mission? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, in French, this was called Reunion. I'm not sure why. I don't know what's being reunited. I'm, the I'm a little... They're being reunited with Thor? Oh, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. That could work. All right. Yeah. Um, in Italian, this was called Countdown. Okay. In Czech, it was called Crash. Okay. In Hungarian, it was called Dive. Okay. And then in German, Emergency Landing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So that's what I got for Descent. So overall thoughts. Do we like this one? I like this one. I think it's a fun little adventure kind of Stargate episode. It was, yeah. It was kind of good um, dipping dipping your toe in the water of Adventure for Jonas. Literally. I don't know if this could be called Desperate Measures. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But, yeah. Maybe, no, maybe it could if your Thor and your consciousness is stuck oh. in a ship. That's, Thor that's is desperate. taking some desperate measures, yeah. That's desperate measures to get saved. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, question then. Mm-hmm. If you're Thor's consciousness stuck in a ship, is mm-hmm. it interesting that he went to Earth and not one of his planets? It may have been that the ship was closer to Earth. And, you know, the considering he's... Galaxy. Yeah, because yeah, cause Ida's in another galaxy, so it would take a lot more power and a lot longer to get there. So I think it was probably just that, like, Earth was closer. Oh, okay. Honestly, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on Discord, please check the show notes for the link. Or you can send us an email at woo, that's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for frozen not the disney movie okay bye (laughs) bye